Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming up, we continue our NFL previews by division with the AFC East. Out of all the rookie quarterbacks this year, I think Sam Donald will probably stop before anybody. We look at all four teams and identify the top position battles in training camp. Who's going to protect the blind side of Tom Brady? Each team's biggest question mark. You take Kelvin Benjamin out of the lineup and you got a smorgasbord of wide receivers there. A newcomer to watch on each team. I got Sonny Michelle set up as my AFC Rookie of the Year favorite. And a sleeper or surprise player. I think that an Atlanta Falcon cast-off will probably end up being a surprise for them, and that's Andre Roberts. This is the Scouts Honor Podcast with inside information. You're wondering if this is going to be the last guess for Adam Gass the head coach down there. And unique perspective. Russell Bodine as your center. I might as well get Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies. From Super Scout Dave T. Thomas and your host, Paul Crane. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Crane, back with the publisher of the NFL Draft Report and director of operations of Scouting Services, Inc., Dave T. Thomas. We continue our NFL previews division by division. Dave T., today the AFC East. This is a division clearly been dominated by one team for the last decade or more, but maybe times they are a-changing. Well, not only times are changing, we got to look at the future of the NFC East. We have two teams that invested heavily in first-round quarterbacks in the Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, we might see an ascension to the top-rung 40s, two rookies before the first season is even out. You look around the league itself, everybody's talking about the inner turmoil with the New England Patriots. Money makes the world go round. That's usually what you get when you're hanging around with the same people and the uh, same coaches for a decade, but like James Harrison said, and James Harrison is never known for pulling punches. He saw no issues up there with New England uh, last year when he was there. And actually, here's a guy that was a Brady hater that now all of a sudden becomes a Brady fan. It tells you once you get into the locker room and get into the culture and see the players in their own element, it's a different story than what the media projects. Very true, but why don't we start with one of those teams since we have such a big following in New York. We'll start with the New York Jets. They heavily invested in Sam Darnold, and I should tell our audience that we're going to run through for each of these teams their most important position battles, biggest question marks, newcomers to watch, surprise players. But before we get to those kind of specifics with the Jets, Sam Darnold with a number three overall pick, but they've got a couple of other quarterbacks that are there. Josh McCown, who's been around for a while. Teddy Bridgewater, another newcomer. How about the Sam Darnold pick and the way that's going to reflect on what we see from the Jets this season as they go to camp? Well, here's the first uh, head-scratcher I have. You know, we listed him on our coaching hot seat, Todd Bowles, and all of a sudden, quietly, over the uh, summer, uh, the new boy running the show over there, Chris Johnson, extended the contract of his general manager on Bowles, basically told both of them that don't worry about 2018, you're safe. 
the way I look at it, I want to see what happens with Sam Donald first before I give my uh, head coach that type of commitment. Because if everything blows up this year, I got to go ahead and look for an offensive mind to run this team for the final, uh, for the 2019 season because I got a lot of bucks invested in my new quarterback. But maybe that new quarterback won't play too quickly if everything works out the way they want. So maybe that is what's going to happen. No, because of Teddy Bridgewater. You think so? Well, I, no, I'm looking at the thing that uh, New York is. Uh, you know, you cut a New Yorker up and we bleed blue. It's whether pinstripes or with the Giants. So you know, Kelly Green over there has to get themselves some attention. Me, I look at this thing as Josh McCown is a good carryover till Sam is ready. But if I'm in, if I'm in training camp and I see Sam progressing the way he is. I wouldn't uh, worry about pulling a gun early, similar to like what Houston did with the Sean Watson and toss him out there. You got to look at one thing. They got to put fannies in the seats, and they had quite a few empty seats last year. Sure, the tickets were sold, so the team still got the money coming in, but you would like that when the TV cameras start panning in the audience that at least you don't have a bunch of pigeons flowing yeah, around. Right, right, right. I think that you, you would do yourself well. If you struggle coming out of the gate, to throw Sam in there and let's see what he's got. Uh, out of all of the rookie quarterbacks this year, I think Sam Donald will probably stop before anybody unless, uh, you know, the eggshell himself out with Arizona, Sam, uh, uh, Sam Bradford breaks down and they have to go with Rosen. Well, as we continue our look with the Jets, they did a lot of things in the offseason beyond the attention with the quarterback but as they head to training camp what have you targeted as the Jets most important position battle well you're looking at not only the position battle but the how could I put a fiscal responsibility they were doing everything that they could to get Kirk Cousins through the door now imagine if they got Kirk Cousins through the door at 85 million dollars boom there you don't have no Sam Donald coming in as your draft pick in the first round third you don't have yourself Trumaine Johnson to man one of your cornerback spots. You don't bring in a Teddy Bridgewater. You don't bring in an Isaiah Crowell. You don't bring in an Avery Williamson. All of these guys came through the door for uh, a, a less than half of what you would have had to pay Kirk Cousins. So maybe the none move off the field probably is the type that ends up with this team ending up being in the playoffs probably within two years. Right now, I just don't think they have the dogs to do it, though, Paul. Well, you run, ran through some of those offensive uh, players. Terrell Pryor uh, was an interesting signing for the Jets in the offseason. Yeah, but you got to look at that wide receiving unit, and you, you say to yourself, are any of these guys even quality players? I think they got a bunch of heads over there, but they don't have anybody that I'm going to sit back and say that's my go-to wide receiver no matter who's that quarterback. The big position battle will still be at the quarterback spot, but you got to look at other things that are going on with the roster itself. They had 17 wide receivers. They just cut two of them. So you're going into camp trying to keep five guys, and you got 15 there, and none of them are really worth it. As a matter of fact, I think that an Atlanta Falcon cast-off will probably end up being a surprise for them, and that's Andre Roberts, because not only is he going to handle kickoff return and punt return duties, this guy could probably end up sliding into the slot position. Understand one thing, you got Robbie Anderson out there who has some trouble that still has to be addressed by uh, the NFL office. Jermaine Curse is on the bubble 
as far as even holding on to a roster spot, much less a starting spot. And the same thing holds true with Terrell Pryor. Uh, you look at the guys that they got behind them, you know, a Darius Stewart, he possibly could move up, uh, Sharon Peak, but there's no one over here that I say has any hands that I'm going to be relying on for my deep threat. A lot of cast-offs, it looks like, over there. Uh, uh, what would be the biggest question mark heading into camp for this team? They, they seem to have several of them. You may have already touched on it with quarterback or wide receiver. Are those the biggest questions for this team that have to be answered during camp? I think the biggest question is going to be on defense. Will Leonard Williams live up to his press billing? Obviously, he's the best player on the team. I think it's more so that they're hoping that what they did, their cast-offs their last two years, changes the culture in the locker room. I mean, Sheldon Rob, uh, uh, Richardson was a problem. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson was a problem. Now both of them are gone. Now it's time for Leonard Williams to step up and say, this is my defense. Avery Williamson was probably a key pickup for them on a free agent market. Definitely replaces Davis next to Dar- Deron Lee. Deron Lee had his own troubles. Lorenzo Malden had coaching issues. Uh, you look at the secondary itself, Tremaine Johnson. I mean, this guy is not exactly going to be one out there that's going to be uh, kissing babies and shaking hands for you. So they have a lot of, how could I put it, agitated type of ball players, players that have been in a doghouse, players that have had trouble. And now they're telling these guys, we need you guys to act in unison. I don't see this happening right now. No, you see, again, there are a lot of players that have come from other teams. Brandon Copeland, you mentioned Tremaine Johnson, Buster Scrine, but they certainly have an anchor in the secondary in Jamal Adams. Uh, not only Jamal Adams, but uh, once he gets healthy with Marcus May, I think they have a terrific safety tandem with those two guys. Now, they covered themselves because of May's offseason surgery by picking up J.J. Wilcox. Well, actually, they stole J.J. Wilcox because he was out on the left coast about the ink with San Fran, and all of a sudden, bling, 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 hello, this is the operator calling, and next thing you know, he's on a plane, and he's heading over to the Atlantic Ocean. Uh J.J., you got to look at the journeyman status on him. I think one of the guys that I really want to see what he does in training camp, considering that he was a freebie for them, was the kid Brandon Bryan, who was not selected in the supplemental draft. I think that 4-7-8 clocking that he did, uh, Devon Pro Day, was the reason that he wasn't drafted. But we know that the kid could run a whole lot faster than that. Uh, you look at the defensive line, I'm, I'm curious to see if Xavier Cooper is going to step up and give a little pressure over to Henry Anderson. If these two guys don't step up at right defensive end, that small college kid that they took in the third round, Nathan Shepard, I mean, he's standing in a catbird seat to start at the opposite end flank along with Leonard Williams while both of them are flanking Steve McClendon. Then you go look at the uh, the running back core over there. They got themselves seven running backs, but, hey, listen, my world's greatest roommate ever was Stump Mitchell. He's a new running back coach with the Jets, came in last year. Stump is telling me that Elijah McGuire could be another LaDainian Tomlinson. Well, I might want to check and see if the iced tea that Stump drank was in Long Island iced tea when he said that, but I do agree that Elijah McDowell more than likely will end up getting more touches than even Isaiah Crowell, who they signed on the free agent market by the time the season is over well i'd say a sixth round pick from a year ago could certainly play in the league but to compare him to lt 
uh, even from a guy like Stump that, that seems like a stretch. Uh, going back defensively, Courtney Upshaw is on this team. Mo Claiborne, I wonder if he has anything in the tank. There are so many newcomers on this team, Dave T. Who have you identified as a newcomer to watch uh, going into training camp and, and through through the course of camp? Well, no one's going to be watched more closely than Sam Donald. No doubt. But you got to look at the, you got to look at the tight end position. I loved the kid when he was at Miami. His rookie season over at Oakland was fantastic. But that injury bug has been biting Clive Walford for years. I'm not convinced that Jordan Leggett is the starting tight end there. Yes, he's a good pass catcher, but when it comes to blocking, he pulls, uh, he gets steps out on that, uh, on the football field as a version of Roberto Duran against uh, uh, Sugar Ray. You know, no mas, no mas when it comes to blocking. Fourth round draft pick, another Miami Hurricane, Chris Herndon. He's in a position right now that if the injury factor hits Clyde Walford, he could step up. They're talking about Eric Tomlinson as their potential starter at that position. I just don't see it. I think that what's going to happen over here at Walford, if he does show up injured, he's going to be a camp casualty very early. Hmm. What about a surprise player? Have you identified one that we, we have not necessarily talked about yet that's going to uh, become a surprise for the Jets this camp? Well, actually, we talked about two of them. I think McGuire is really going to step up his game, and I really like Nathan Shepard. I think that's a fantastic pickup for them. I would like to see them, instead of playing that end, to have him groom behind Steve McClendon, but they got a quality backup at nose tackle and a Deion Simon kid. Well, that's our early look at the New York Jets. We had mentioned how this division has been dominated by one team the last decade plus. That, of course, is New England Patriots. We'll get to the Bills and the Miami Dolphins, but let's move on to the Patriots who have had that soap opera-like offseason you referenced. I don't know what's going on there, but are they going to be able to continue the dominance they've had for so long? I'm looking at this team right now, and I was surprised at how Bill didn't go with the second-chance veterans like he normally does. If you look at the roster that they're setting over here, it's it's not an ecstatic roster. It's not a roster where I say this is going to be a Super Bowl team. Not only on top of it, they still haven't gotten their wide receiving core set up right. Losing Julian Edelman for another four games is going to hurt. We saw how much they missed him last year. Chris Hogan is really going to have to play up to his 2016 form, and the same thing holds true with Jordan Matthews. But the big key is who's going to protect the blind side of Tom Brady? They went out and got the guy that scored the second-best block and consistency grade in college football last year in Isaiah Wynn. A lot of teams were looking at him more so as a guard. And even in training, even in minicamp, while they said they're going to play him at left tackle, he was stationed at the left guard spot, more so because Joe Thune couldn't go through the minis because he was out injured. But if they go into this season with uh, Ladrini and Waddle and Trent Brown as their left tackles, oh, my God, if I'm Tom Brady right now, I'm getting a call to his model wife and telling him, honey, I'm coming home. So for a guy like Tom Brady, who clearly is on the backside of his career, he's, he's, he's been amazing, no doubt. But with Nate Solder and the offensive line issues have already referenced, Julian Edelman facing that four-game suspension, Brandon Cooks is gone, Danny Amendola is gone. Uh, you mentioned the Jordan Matthews signing. They traded for Cordero Patterson. Holy cow, Dave T. How's, how's Tom Brady going to be Tom Brady? 
Well, unless they're playing, uh, you know, a swan song to all of the guys they lost from Bad Company, they're gone, gone, gone. I mean, Tom's, a matter of fact, they said Tom's showing up to training camp early. Yeah, he wants to go around and shake hands <laughs> and introduce himself all over again. I mean, if Joe Thune cannot go uh, early in the season due to the uh, injury, you got a new starting left tackle in Trent Brown. You got a new starting left guard in Isaiah Wynn. Uh, you're going to have to pray that Phil Dorsett is able to at least compensate for the loss of Julian Edelman. Uh, you're looking at Cordelay Patterson is probably your best big play wide receiver out there. And we saw what he did with Minnesota, and that's why he's now with New England. Minnesota says goodbye. You look in the backfield, I think what's probably going to be the key for them, even though they've gone with that committee in the backfield, I got Sonny Michelle set up as my AFC Rookie of the Year favorite. Well, and he's the one that comes out of the University of Georgia along with Isaiah Wynn. I know draft day, you really like the Sonny Michelle and Isaiah Wynn combination going to New England. So as we run through these position battles, we haven't really even gotten to the defensive side of the ball. Heading to training camp, do you see the, a key position battle that's going to take place for the Patriots? Well, it's obviously going to be at the wide receiver spot. I mean, they have a smorgasbord over there of wide receivers, but who's really going to step up? You got Matthews has to come back from an injury. Patterson has to at least show that he is an NFL type of ball player much less live up to that first-round uh, uh, status that he received from the Minnesota Vikings. You lose Amadola, you lose Brandon Cooks, uh, you end up having a suspension with Julian Edelman. You don't know what you're going to get from the 2016 promising rookie Malcolm Mitchell because he spent more time in the training office than he's done on the field. Uh, as far as their returners go, uh, you know, Chris Hogan is probably the best at a bunch, but Phil Dorsett and Kenny Britt have been found wanting wherever they've been. They don't have quality receivers there for Tom, and Tom's going to have to go with the dink and dunk. You look at the tight ends, you always have Gronkowski, but even though they picked him up uh, from Indianapolis last year, Dwayne Allen's spot on the roster is in danger because New England is the type that they do look at contracts when it comes to cutting people. Well, as we continue to look for the biggest question mark on this team, might it be on the defensive side? Defensive coordinator Matt Patricia gone, now head coach of the Detroit Lions. And Bill Belichick did not hire a new defensive coordinator, per se. He's going to handle it himself. How much of a question mark does that make the entire defense? You know what I say? If you wear too many hats, your head starts tilting sideways. You can't see straight anymore. I think that's a danger factor. I think that Brian DeBall will probably be the guy uh, running the show over there on D. But you know Bill. Bill likes to have his hands in everything. And when trouble comes up, he does take uh, responsibility for any of the trouble. I'm not worried about that. My biggest concern is the left tackle battle. Because no matter what Tom wants to say, I want to play five more years. You not only lost the left tackle in Nate Soldier, you lost the guy that kept the continuity on that offensive line. Look what Nate is doing right now with the Giants. Like I, we said the other day, he's gotten those five guys that are going to start on the offensive line basically playing Ringo Levio with each other. They're all attached at the hip. They eat together. They sleep together. They think together. That's what you need. Now, all of a sudden, you're sitting there. Matt Light on your uh, on uh, your right tackle has been banged up lately. 
Who's their leader going to be on that offensive line? That's the big question. Where are they going to play Isaiah Wynn? When is Dooney going to be ready to get back out on the football field? If all of the cards line up, they got the best offensive line coach in football in Dante Scarnecchia. But you also need talent out there for the coach to coach. So that's where I think their biggest hole is going to be getting into the season is the left side of the offensive line. Well, with a lot of players returning on this team and a handful of newcomers you've already referenced, it's not necessarily the way it's been in recent years. Who who might be the newcomer to watch on the New England Patriots this training camp? Well, you know, protect the quarterback is the way, so I want to see where they place him and when they place him on the first junior, and that's Isaiah Wynn. Me, I go with him at left tackle right now, especially if Dooney is ready to go for the season, because Dooney will ease the rookie into it. Dooney is a very smart man, and I think losing Soldier, you're probably going to see Dooney start picking up the leadership role up front. But then you got to look at next year, too. Uh, you know, they could lose Shaquille Mason at the end of the year because he's a free agent to be. So it's time that they throw the rookie to the Wolves out there, see what he could do, because their right side of the offensive line, both Mason and Cannon, come off for contracts next year. So as we continue down our list before leaving the New England Patriots, have you picked a player that might be a surprise for them this training camp? Yeah, my rookie of the year, Sonny Mitchell. <laughs> I mean, you, t- you talk to anybody else out there, and they say, oh, no, no, Bill's going to go by committee. You know, he's got Burkhead, who's the power man up the middle. They did pick up uh, Jeremy Hill from Cincinnati, uh, but, uh, you know, James White is their third down back. I think this puts Mike Gillespie uh, out on the market because he's more than likely going to be the cut. Uh, One kid that I really would like to see uh, handling their return duties this year is the kid they took in the sixth round, Braxton Berrios. And also with their their suspect wide receiving unit, he could get himself some reps there as a slot receiver. So we've got some old SEC guys here with Mike Gillisley, the former Florida Gator, and Sonny Michel. You'd like him changing the culture in the running back situation in New England to actually become – closer to an every down back as opposed to the committee and that might be one of the biggest changes we see on the Patriots this year and I also think that if Dante Hightower ends up going down again we might see another sixth round draft pick step into the starting lineup at middle linebacker and that's the Arizona State prospect uh, product uh, Christian Sam they did really well in the third day of the draft but still you look at these guys that they're bringing in over here and it's not much one guy that I think is going to be critical for the secondary, okay, the big story in the secondary is the McCordy twins being reunited, but if I'm sitting out there and I see Jason get burnt the way that he did when he was with Tennessee, I got to go look at my second round draft pick, Duke Dawson, because Duke Dawson is, how can I put him, a rock'em, sock'em robot when it comes to hitting people. Well, you kind of compared him to John Wayne, the Duke. Uh, well, the the whole thing is he steps out on the football field and he tells him, you go for the ball, you dead or you stand, partner. <laughs> All right, we continue through the AFC East. We'll get to the Miami Dolphins, really only because we have to. But first, the Buffalo Bills. They've got all sorts of newcomers, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, uh, the incoming coordinator, Brian Dayball. What what do you see jumping off the page to you when you look at the Buffalo Bills heading to training camp? Well, I think what they're going to have to do in a locker room is play a Crosby, Stills, Nash song called Change Partners. 
because there's going to be a lot of changes on this team. I, you look at the wide receiving unit, uh, uh, whoever is that quarterback, which will likely be the placeholder McCarron before Josh Allen is ready in a couple of years. But you take Kelvin Benjamin out of the lineup, and you got a smorgasbord of wide receivers there that really <laughs> I don't see any of these guys panning out, except for a sleeper that they picked up on a rookie free agent market in Cam Phillips. I'm really concerned about Robert Jones's kids. I mean, you, you look at Caleb uh, Jones, he's out on suspension for PED use, and then you look at his other son, Zay Jones, with Buffalo, who sort of had a, a mental breakdown during the offseason. So I'm wondering what's in the orange juice of the Jones boys when they're sitting around in the offseason. Uh, this is going to be air witness because whoever is that quarterback is going to need more than Kelvin Benjamin because Benjamin, as big as he is, is not fast. Benjamin, to me, is nothing more than glorified tight end. So you referenced the quarterback situation. They've got the free agent pickup, A.J. McCarron. This seems to be his best, if not last chance. The number seven overall pick, Josh Allen out of Wyoming, who you had referenced uh, during the draft as having a high ceiling, but he had to go to the right place so that he could have time to develop properly and achieve that ceiling. They also have second-year fifth-rounder Nathan Peterman, and that's just the quarterback situation. When you take a look at what you've kind of touched on at running back, they've got issues with LaShawn McCoy, obviously. Chris Ivory is there. Uh, you've touched on wide receivers. When you look at the most important position battle, how many do you see here, and what do you see as most important as the Bills go to camp? Oh, my God. You know, the, I guess these guys never took uh, chemistry courses when they were in <laughs> high school because you need chemistry on that offensive line. You got yourself. You ended up losing Cordy Glenn, your left tackle. You traded him away. Uh, Richie Incognito not only retired, he's now – this is probably – why I say this world is turned bizarre. Richie Incognito is now the ambassador for the the, the bully organization, <laughs> the anti-bully organization. Then you end up having Eric Woods, a top quality center, retiring on you. Your replacements there were Russell Bodine, who was found wanting every year that he was playing with Cincinnati. Deion Dawkins stepped in for Cordy Glenn when he was hurt last year, but I still look at Dawkins more as a guard than a tackle. Now you're going to move move your backup center over to left guard to compete with John Miller, who really isn't much anyway. And your only top-level draft pick that you brought in on your offensive line was fifth-round right guard, Wyatt Teller, out of Virginia Tech. No matter who's that quarterback, you know, what I say over there, run to your right hash, man, because if you go to the left side, yum, yum, eat him up. <laughs> All right. Well, how many – I think there are a lot of questions on the Buffalo Bills, but can you target, like, the biggest – question mark for this team offensive line i mean everything's going to revolve around the offensive line you need to have your five starters working in unison you got jordan mills at right tackle who to me is probably a third tackle on any other team vladimir the is your right guard come on give me a break i mean if there's any of an opportunity for rookie wyatt teller to win a starting job it's at that position Russell Bodine as your center. I might as well get Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies and have a better center than I would have him, Russell. John Miller is your starting left guard? No way, Jose. I've moved Dawkins over there and then moved Marshall Newhouse in temporarily at the left tackle spot. But then I don't pay the bills for the Buffalo. 
Well, having a Jethro Bodine and old Beverly Hillbillies mention uh, is classic in and of itself. We haven't gotten to the defensive side of the ball for the Bills who are hoping to strike oil. I know when it comes to newcomers, they've got two draft picks that you really liked on draft day. Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker they used with their first round pick, and Harrison Phillips, the defensive tackle they used with their third round pick. If you're identifying a newcomer to watch, do either of those guys qualify for the Buffalo Bills? Kyle Williams, if I'm you right now, I'd be calling a Social Security center to see when I could start collecting early. I'm looking at Harrison Phillips right now as being my defensive rookie of the year in the AFC. This guy is a freaking monster. Uh, I'll never forget one game against USC last year. USC has towering offensive linemen. He kept getting knocked down, getting knocked down, getting knocked down. He made five tackles on all fours. He's crawling along the ground and still made two tackles for losses. That's my kind of ball player. Now, when Tremaine Edmonds, outstanding pickup, they made a lot of maneuvers to get up to get this guy. I'm just a little disappointed they're not going to be playing him at strong side outside linebacker. They're going to start him out at middle. To me, I look at this guy, he could develop into a Teddy Hendricks type of clone. They do have a former all-pro at strong side outside linebacker in Lorenzo Alexander, but the last time I checked his birth certificate, there were a couple of spiderwebs on it. <laughs> All right, as we move along with our with the Buffalo Bills, a surprise player for them in camp. Yeah, I think he'll end up grooming underneath Micah Hyde at the strong safety spot. But watch for fifth-round draft pick Saran Neal. This is a guy that could play both strong and free safety. And uh, coverage skills, especially in the zone of Jordan Poyer, their other, free, uh, their other safety, is found wanting. And I think that we're probably going to see Saran Neal at least get some quality time as a nickelback. Uh, I look at Wyatt Teller, uh, the the right guard that they picked up in the fifth round. I think this guy could move himself into the starting lineup before the year is over. But and one guy, I'm telling you, if he did not suffer uh, a tw- uh, a torn uh, groin and ended up going for hernia surgery, more than likely would have been drafted. Uh, he could handle punt return, kick returns, and he's a great receiver. He's the all-time receiver at Virginia Tech, and that's Cam Phillips. You look at the receivers that they have surrounding Kelvin Benjamin, Jeremy Curley, Zay Jones. So, you know, it's going to be open competition at the wide receiver spot. That's the Buffalo Bills and the last team in the AFC East we're looking at in this podcast, the Miami Dolphins. And with Ryan Tannehill being hurt, their fortunes went right down the drain. Obviously, in 2016, he looked much better They've added veterans like Frank Gore and Danny Amendola, but the Miami Dolphins heading to training camp, how are they going to be competitive in this division? Well, hopefully none of them will take a knee because their owner wants to hit him with a four-game suspension. I, I think what that did was cause some more D.C. Twitter madness out there, and uh, all of a sudden you had to see the NFL backtrack on that because of the foible by their owner, and now all of a sudden suspended their national anthem policy. They're back to the drawing board. But you look at the team itself, and you're wondering if this is going to be the last guess for Adam Gass as the head coach down there. 
you know, he got off to a great start in his first season and then made a terrible mistake by putting Jay Cutler as his quarterback. You don't know what you're going to get from Ryan Tannehill, and I look at Tannehill anyway. Even with a healthy knee, this wasn't a guy that I wanted as my starting quarterback. Uh, you're going with Frank Gore at running back, but the last time I saw Frank Gore out there having a good year, George Hallis was still on the sidelines too, so you wonder if that was a wise move in investing in the veteran when meanwhile they got a speedster that's just crying to carry the ball in former Alabama Tide Reserve Kenyon Drake. You look at the kid that they took in the fourth round uh, Caitlin Ballage. I think if you go with a 1-2 combination, the Drake and Ballage will be much better than what you're going to get out of Gore. Which makes sense. The last time Gore did well in Miami, he was a Miami Hurricane, and it seems like decades ago. Well, you look at what they did, too, in the draft. They doubled up on tight end, and good for them, because uh, all we kept on hearing through minicamp is, why the hell did we take Mike Kaziki? I mean, this guy's never going to block for you. He's nothing but a big, wide receiver. Uh, I think Duran Smythe uh, from Notre Dame is probably going to get most of the blocking duties at the tight end position. Uh, A.J. Derby is uh, a guy that's been bouncing around the league, so they don't have that middle field element wide receiver for them. Okay, they did pick up Danny Amendola, and you know what they call him, playoff Danny, because of what he does in the postseason. But my problem is for the 16 games getting to the postseason, he's usually sitting out there with the doctor instead of sitting out there with my quarterback. Is there a most important position battle this training camp for the Dolphins? I think it will be a tight end because if they're going to go with Kitsecki as their starter, uh, heaven beware for them because this is a guy that they're going to continue coming in on the strong side with blitzes. He's never going to be able to pick it up. Uh, you look on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Stephon Anthony was found wanting by New Orleans after only one season. Now they're bringing in a, a kid from the street to compete with him and Mike McCray. More than likely, third rounder Jerome Baker will probably be in the fray too at the strong side linebacker spot but you look at what they got if you look at Anthony if you look at Raquan McMillan if you look at Kiko Alonso they're playing three linebackers that is more suited for the middle spot than playing out on the flanks when you look at the Miami Dolphins is there a player who's the biggest question heading into camp or a position well, it all comes down to the birth certificate on Cameron Wake. Now, they did pick up Robert Quinn on the other side, but do you think that the Rams trying to do as much as they can to control L.A. would have let Robert Quinn go if they thought he had anything left in the tank? So now you've got two question marks going for you at the defensive end spots. I think the most critical pickup for them was their first rounder because he's going to solidify their secondary. And Micah uh, Fitzpatrick, more than likely he'll start at nickelback, but you look at the guys that they got back in that secondary right now, it's going to be key because I think their second level and their edge rushers, that's a big question mark for me. You look at uh, their uh, defensive tackle situation, too. Jordan Phillips, this is a guy that disappears more than he shows up on the football field. They did pick up Akeem Spence from Detroit, but Detroit sent him loose because of weight issues. Well, you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick, the first-round pick at defensive back. You also referenced the second-round pick, the tight end, Mike Gusecki. Is there a newcomer to watch on this team in training camp? Yeah, the Sun Devil himself, because I think that Frank Gore doesn't have anything left Kalen in the tank. Kalen Ballage, and if they the do, running back. Kalen Ballage, huh? Yeah. 
You know, here's another kid that I'm more concerned about his durability. But if you look at when he was healthy for the Sun Devils, this was not only a great back. This was a, a Matt Forte type because he was an excellent receiver coming out of the backfield. I think having that type of quality, a guy that could catch in traffic, is going to greatly benefit if Ryan Tannehill could stay healthy. So is that also a surprise player or is there another player you have identified who could be a surprise for this team? They don't have much, Paul. I mean, they didn't bring in too many newcomers over here outside of their uh, their draft picks. They went minimal on the rookie free agent market as far as going ahead and bringing in veterans. Stephon Anthony, Robert Quinn, why? <laughs> uh, you got to look at their offensive line, too. Uh, their 2014 first-round draft picks got to be on the bubble in Jawan James. This kid really has to step it up this year. Uh, they get rid of Pouncey at center and bring in a guy that San Francisco said good riddance to and Daniel uh, Kilgore. Uh, Josh Sitton, every time I turn around, he's with a new team. They got a quality left tackle in, uh, in Laramie uh, Tunsil, but Kenny Stills really got to step up his game this year. Uh, Devontae Parker needs to play well, and I don't think the three wide receivers they have are nothing more than possession types. Well, that's our look at the AFC East heading into training camp. Remember the Scouts Honor podcast. We're looking at all the divisions in the AFC and the NFC. You can subscribe or follow the Scouts Honor podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have an idea, suggestion, question, email Dave T at scoutingservices at AOL.com. Scoutingservices at AOL.com. And Dave T, you promised to look at them all, right? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I read a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And we will pull out the best questions, thoughts, ideas, and present them in a future podcast. But for now, Dave T., thank you. And as always, thank you for listening. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.